congratulations. You've made it one month into the new year, and we're now five days into the second month, February. I hope the first month treated you well. I'll be completely honest. January, January beat me up. It definitely beat me up, but it can only go up from there, really. I, I just trust and I'm looking for God and everything and I'm finding him. So praise him for uh, letting himself be found by those who seek him with all his heart. So this is the sixth episode of the Behind the Mind podcast. If it's your first time joining us, thank you. I'm your host, Devin Nipper. And if you're a returning listener, thank you for coming back. I appreciate it. Over the past five weeks, I've discussed the obstacles that I faced that prohibited me from starting a new thing. And now, after discussing all of them, I want to share personal accounts in the episodes. I kind of just gave brief overviews or brief examples, but I'm going to be going into a little bit more detail in this one. I did not realize I talked about 14 points. So I'm going to do all of this in one episode, and this may be a little longer than the 25 minutes that I shoot for. It may be closer to 30, but I'm just going to get into it. We're going to go from one right into the other. So the first two, I, and I did group some of them because they just made sense when I was thinking about it. The first two I want to group together are knowing all details, wanting to know all details, and control. So a time when I wanted to know all details is current. When, when God gave me this vision I have for my life, he gave me the vision, is it 20, 2019? And since then, it's just been being refined every aspect of my life. So because it's current and ongoing, it seems very relevant to talk about it. When it was first given, I could only see bits and pieces. You know, it really wasn't as clear as it is today. And this vision of my life pertains to all aspects of my life. My spiritual, emotional, mental, uh, physical state or condition, my family, as in my wife and my children, the relationship I have with my wife, the relationship we have with our kids, the relationship I have individually with each of my kids, the houses and atmospheres within the homes, uh, my career, it pertains to ways I'll contribute to the community, both locally and globally. It pertains to spheres of influence I occupy. It is a blueprint for my life. Uh, pertaining to aspects of my career, the Lord has been leading me to do certain things that I just have absolutely no experience in. And since I seemingly have no experience, the reason why I say seemingly is because sometimes a skill from one thing I've noticed can be applicable in a new thing in ways that like I just didn't know or I wasn't aware of. So that's why I say, since I have seemingly no experience, I'll ask for more and more details. And God is so cool because sometimes he'll reveal just enough to pull me forward into it, while at other times he makes it clear that if I want more info, it comes from me moving forward in faith. Really, I mean, this podcast is a prime example. I didn't exactly know what I was going to talk about. I just knew I wanted to do, I wanted my own podcast. 
I listen to podcasts and I was like, dang, I think a lot. I have thoughts. I journal. I write. I can talk, you know? So I didn't know what I was going to talk about, but as I began to just sit down and write, I noticed how certain things connected and how this could lead to that and that to this, you know, so on and so forth. So that's where the first series came from. It's just stuff that I'm, I'm going through, stuff I'm working through. All of that to say that I am currently going through this. But I noticed that each day, the obstacle of wanting to know everything does become smaller and smaller. And now I'm going to speak about control pertaining to this vision. And with the vision, God has repeatedly told me and still tells me that he is building the man of me to live the life he has called me to. He's made it so clear. I'm building the man of Devin Nipper. This is the life I have for Devin Nipper, the man, and I'm building you into that. And in Isaiah chapter 45, verses 9 through 11, rhetorical questions are asked. An example is, you know, who, who is the clay to ask the potter, what are you doing? What is the sperm to ask the father, why did you choose to use me? So it's like, who is creation to ask the creator what it's doing and if it knows what it's doing? Knowing that, there's, there are still times when I think things should be a certain way based on my very limited understanding of what I perceive through my senses and based on my very narrow, excuse me, based on my very narrow perspective compared to the perspective of God. The next example I'll be sharing is for perfectionism. Up until recently, almost everything I did had to be quote-unquote perfect. The main area this applied to was my work. My work, in this instance meaning music, it would take me so long to finish songs that were already finished because I would notice every little bit of imperfection and waste my time trying to fix it. When I say songs that were already finished, I mean that I would get to a point where out of frustration, I would just stop working on a song for a month or two or longer. And then I'd go back and listen to it after however much time has passed, only to realize that I was completely bugging and that the song sounds fine. This hasn't been so much of a problem lately, just because I've been able to trust my ear more and more. It, it, it happened so many times in the past. Or now I know, like, okay, if I'm getting to that point where I'm getting frustrated, Devin, just give it, give it a couple days and then come back to it. Don't even look at it. Don't look at the name. Don't listen to nothing. Just come back to it and see if what you were feeling, what you were thinking is still valid. It's kind of me sharing how I got past it, but I'll talk about that in more detail next week. So the next obstacles I'll be giving examples for are inadequacy opinion of others, comparison, and people-pleasing. And I grouped all of these together because in part two of the series, I shared a flowchart of how these are related as it pertains to me. I'm going to say that again here just because I will be talking about this in depth at a later time. 
So that flowchart, once again, starts with the seed of inadequacy, leading into a fear of being alone, leading to abandonment issues, leading to a fear of rejection being developed or re rejection issues being developed, which leads to an overconcern of the opinion of man, leading to people pleasing, leading to the development of a fake self, and then ending in imposter syndrome. And even as I'm thinking about that flowchart, I can see how the order could be changed. So it's still a lesson being downloaded. Nonetheless, the example that I have for this is an outlook I had on social media. There's that saying where people only upload the highlights of their lives and we can't compare our lows to that. This is true, but for me it was easier said than done. I would be experiencing a rut, you know, out of boredom, just scroll through Instagram for a few minutes and see nothing but happy people, people smiling, people doing dope stuff. Yet there I would be in the middle of an identity crisis, which fueled the inadequacy I felt. So it was a negative feedback loop, really. Since there's four obstacles in this section, I'm going to share another example. And that is my thinking of how I want to present and share what I do. These, what I do being these various creative outlets I have, music, the podcast, and others that will soon be revealed. The way most things are shared is through social media. So I would go look at other podcasts to see how they're doing this for research's sake, not comparison, just, hey, like, how do you do this? How does this look? How, how are other people sharing it? But I would grow discouraged because of how well produced the other shows were. And that would make me feel like what I had to share wasn't good enough. And it would make me question if people would even listen to like what I had to say. That's the opinion of others <laughs> coming, coming into play. And then it would make me think about doing things in a more yeah, typical you know, way of doing things. And that's me trying to please the potential audience. I get it. Like, yes, there is some give and take. It has to be presentable. I'm not naive to that, but hear the, hear the core of what I'm saying. You know, I find it interesting that the arena of entertainment and I suppose media as a whole, as a creative, it has these obstacles of comparison, inadequacy, opinion of others, and people pleasing rooted in it. Let's say you're an actor or a model and you go in for a casting. The whole thing about a casting is, are you the fit? Are you who they're looking for? Do you fit their image, mold, or idea well enough to be selected? How do you fit compared to or versus another person going for the same role? What happens if I don't get it? What's wrong with what I did? What's wrong with me? Why wasn't I good enough? But then if you get cast, you have to do things their way. A way pleasing to the director or the photographer. Like, yes, that's the job. But I'm just trying to highlight the fact that it's interesting to me how these obstacles seem to be at play in the very thing I want to do. It's almost like God is saying, yo, you overcome this? Cool. It'll be nothing for you moving forward in these industries. He's so strategic. Moving right along, I'm now going to be sharing an example 
concerning the obstacles of lack of direction and niches. And the one that comes to mind for me is my music. Typically, if you think about a musical artist, they can be associated with one genre. Yay, hip-hop, Bob Marley, reggae, uh, Christina Aguilera for pop. I love me some Christina. Brooks and Dunn, country music. You get the point. When it comes to me and making music, I don't make just one genre. I could, but that partly contributed to the burnout I experienced and talked about in the previous episode. I like making and experimenting with multiple genres, but the algorithms don't seem to like that too much because it makes it harder to label you, which makes it harder to put your stuff in front of a potential demographic for an audience, or so they say. So I've let this get in the way of sharing my sound, which is a multitude of genres with the world. That leads perfectly into the next obstacle of being in my own way. I'm not talking about the same thing, but it just it's kind of a cool segue. I actually ended up giving an in-depth example in that episode. So go back if you want more detail. but. In short, 11 to 12 year old me was blocking me from wanting to put stuff out because he didn't want to feel like his time spent learning and cultivating this skill would be in vain. But I'm going to give another example because that's what I'm doing in this episode. I guess a more recent example would be being emotionally stunted at 14 to 16 because of my dad dying. My dad died six days after I turned 14. I don't think I've said that on the podcast yet. So when that happened, that caused me to develop unhealthy emotional responses that damaged my ability to progress forward emotionally and mature emotionally. And it inhibited my ability to connect on a much deeper level with people. And gratefully, God has helped me work through that period of time and healed me so that now I can emotionally and mentally be in line with the physical age I am. Moving right along, the next obstacle is a lack of desire. And actually, in the last episode, I hinted at this. I mentioned that I had a strong want, let off the gas, let myself explore, only to end up back where I started, but with this new idea of being sustainable. That strong want, take a guess, was music. <laughs> For so long, it was, just, it was just what I did. I noticed that there wasn't that burning internally to do it because I felt like I was doing the same thing over and 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 over. So I tried some new things. I tried some other things. And that exploration definitely sparked some new interest. It revealed to me that my creativity wasn't limited to one thing. Nor was there solely one way of doing things. And that is what reset the flame with music. Because now, when I finished the song, I could ride the creative wave of that moment. Of that creative moment and 
create in other mediums with respect to whatever song it was. And that helped me see beyond the music in order to see the full package. So I kind of shared the example and how it helped me. I'm kind of tapping into what I'm going to be sharing next week, but still. Moving forward with the next example for this next obstacle of burnout. I spent two years in Los Angeles. I moved out there to attend a music production school. I got accepted into, but ended up withdrawing my enrollment. I'm actually going to talk more about this in March. (laughs) But during these two years is when I would say that I experienced burnout. And thinking about it from 2015 to 2021, my mindset around music was, I have to make it or else my life will be miserable. If I don't do this, I might as well just die. Like, if I can't do this, life sucks. And that's such a poor mindset to be in for, what is that, seven years? Oh, God, dang. That's terrible. I started doing music because I enjoyed it. But that mindset absolutely siphoned the enjoyment out of it slowly over the years. It was a slow drip, a slow leak, but it did its damage. In times past, you know, I would happily spend 10 minutes finding the right drum sound or I'd happily spend 30 minutes getting a progression in the melody right or longer if it took longer. I was just happy to be creating this thing I wanted to do, music. In L.A., though, that was not the case. What started out as fun became super frustrating. Looking for drum sounds absolutely annoyed me. And messing up on piano while working on an idea, working it out, fleshing it out, infuriated me. It just made my blood boil. Gratefully, though, ideas never stopped coming to my head. But it got to the point where the simple thought of sitting down to work an idea out flustered me so much that I would just forsake the idea. There were even periods where I didn't listen to music because it just pissed me off. To me, music, my first love, became the very thing I resented most. I am very grateful for this experience because it showed me that I actually had a toxic relationship with music and it opened my eyes to repairing it to what it is now. And so we've finally arrived at the last obstacle I'm giving an example for, which is inertia. Once again, inertia is the physical law that states an object in motion tends to stay in motion and an object at rest tends to stay at rest unless acted upon by an external force. Change won't happen until the discomfort of remaining the same is more than the discomfort of changing. The effort moment, the faith moment, the moment when all worries, concerns, excuses, and sometimes logic are abandoned. I have had a few effort moments, but there's a particular one I'm going to share today, and that's when I worked for DHL as a male career. Oh man, I can tell you the exact date. It was December 23, 2020. 
and it was cold. I was nine and a half hours into an eight-hour shift, and I was delivering my last few packages. And I want to say this, though. Being a mail carrier was not too bad during Christmas time because in my mind, every package that I delivered was exactly what a kid asked for for Christmas. So I like thought about the smiles I was bringing all the little children. But I digress. On this day, as I'm walking up my 12th flight of stairs in this complex, I said to myself out loud with complete disregard if anybody could hear me, at what point does someone just say F it? The explicit one. Does someone just say F it? Pack up and leave. Like, just put everything in their car and just go. Like, for real though, Devin, tell me, bro, like, what's to lose? I didn't want to be in my hometown. I didn't want to be in my home state. I didn't want to be in my home region of the country any longer. I really wanted to move out of the country. And to be honest, I still, to this day, really want to move out of the country. But my hometown, state, and region, to me, that cow had been milked dry. It had done all for me it could, and it played its part in my life. It's not that I was ungrateful for it. Like, that's, that's the area that made me. I'm, 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 I appreciate it. But I knew. I knew there was more. I wanted more. I, I craved, deeply craved something different. So much so that the thought of being in the same place in three months made my skin crawl. Not, not by this time next year if I'm here, I'm going to be pissed. Like, dude, if I'm here in 90 days. I'm a knip. <laughs> but the thought of being somewhere new and embracing the unknown seemed more welcoming. It didn't seem as overwhelming like it had in previous times. And that brings us to our close. But before I end this thing, by now, if you've been listening, you know I have to leave you with a couple questions to ponder until next week. Do you notice any patterns of certain obstacles? repeating themselves in your life and if there are multiple examples for the obstacles that you face what do you think may be the lesson you need to learn until next time stay beautiful